Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of B-Shave Daily. The date is Wednesday, July 22nd. We are two days away from Real Cardinals baseball. Later today, we'll have an exhibition game against another team. That will be new for the first time in summer camp. A lot of the other teams you've seen across MLB have played some exhibition games, and they've been televised on different networks. This will be the first and only one for the Cardinals, as they've been doing intra-squad for the duration of summer camp, but I think it'll be good to get at least one game in where the Cardinals will get to face an opposition that's not their own teammates, and that'll prepare them a little bit for what's in store on Friday when the Pittsburgh Pirates come to Bush Stadium in St. Louis. Welcome into the show. Glad to be back with you, hopefully here on a regular basis as Cardinals baseball gets fired up. Going to talk a little bit today about what went on on Tuesday in the rain-shortened inter-squad game the Cardinals had in store for Tuesday yesterday. They only got really a couple of innings in because they had one rain delay and then 37 minutes later everybody came back out onto the field. The umpires were gone by then. I guess they anticipated what was to come because after about another inning and a half, had another rain delay, and shortly after that, they said, hey, we're done. We're not going to bother coming back out. And so the weather did not cooperate yesterday, but what we did get to see, we can kind of recap a little bit and talk about what we expect to see today on Wednesday against the Royals. Perhaps by the time you listen to the podcast, it may be that the game has already taken place because it starts at 3.05 this afternoon. Uh, But we'll talk a little bit about what we think we might see, and then tomorrow we'll talk about what we did see on Wednesday. So that'll be for Thursday's show. Uh, But yesterday we had Dakota Hudson on the mound. He was the only starter that took the ball for the Cardinals. The other side was to have a bullpen game, which ended up being just Junior Fernandez and Ryan Helsley that pitched for the visiting side in the inter-squad. Hudson had a little bit of a rough day. He just kept giving up a bunch of singles. Um, Nothing that was really too damaging. I think six hits and all of them were singles that he gave up in two innings of work. Ended up going for two runs, both of them earned. Uh, But he missed a few bats. He had three strikeouts across those two innings. Struck out Dylan Carlson on a pretty nasty pitch, if I recall. So kind of the, the, the bill on Hudson, and I think what you can expect to continue to see is him pitch into contact, and sometimes when those ground balls, and a lot of the the hits were kind of low liners or grounders, when those hits do find their way through the the infield defense and into the outfield, that's going to be a lot of base hits, and he's going to be pitching around contact. Good news is he didn't walk anybody in those couple of innings yesterday, and so you can can say that's something that you hope he could fix for this season that was a problem last year when he led the league in walks allowed by a starting pitcher, and so, you know, if you're – a guy who pitches to contact anyway, it's it's probably not a good recipe to allow walks, and so it's kind of a miracle that he did pitch as well as he did last season with a 16-win record and a 3.35 ERA. And Dakota's a guy that I've, and I've mentioned this, people are a little bit concerned about because of those underlying metrics from last season to say, is he going to be able to perform as well as he did or or even to a level that justifies a spot in the starting rotation when the Cardinals, as we talked about yesterday, have, you know, eight guys conceivably that are are quality top five starters, you know, worthy of spots in in a big league rotation. You know, Hudson's kind of the one that I think a lot of people point to and wonder, maybe he'd be better served in the bullpen. 
but when you look at what he did last year, the Cardinals certainly weren't going to move him out of the rotation. And so his spot's going to be one that I think will be under some scrutiny as we start this year. Uh, but he did talk to the media yesterday after his outing. And one question that he was asked, I'm going to play his answer for you. I think it was it's kind of interesting because all of this talk, if you're on Twitter and you're, you're, you follow the analytics and things like that, you're aware of this regarding Dakota Hudson, this narrative that he's going to have a, 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 you know, a regression this season from what he did last year. And a lot of that is based on analytics and the things we talked about. And so he was asked about that, you know, regarding analytics, is, is that something that you, you know, with, with analytics not projecting you to do maybe as well as you did last year, um, which is a, a tough question to be asked. And I, I, I like the way he handled it. And I think it's, you know, it's certainly appropriate to have, for someone to have asked it as well, because it is something that a lot of people are talking about. Uh, but I, I'm going to play his answer for you because he was just asked about that aspect and, and whether because of his pitch-to-contact nature, as he considered trying to shift his game a little bit to where he implements more swings and misses, or is he is he just, that's his style of pitching where he's going to have to pitch to contact and obviously uh, try to clean up the walks in order to make that more effective. But here was Dakota Hudson's answer when asked about some of the analytics community maybe not predicting him to do very well this season. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they'll ever pick me to have a great season, but I'm out here to compete, and I think getting outs is my job. So uh, getting after them and getting that weak contact is – uh, how you can get outs at this level and having a uh, big league defense back there, especially one to our, the caliber of the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, feeling pretty good about just going out there and doing that and quicking up some at bats. And maybe I'll get some more swing and miss with that when I control the counts better. And that was Cardinals pitcher Dakota Hudson. And I really did appreciate his, the way he answered that question because he points to his strength, it, you know, induce weak contact, especially when you've got a defense like the Cardinals behind you you're going to be able to do pretty well. And then when you can control counts a little better, get away from some of those situations where you're risking a walk, that's where you can start to attack in a little bit of a different way and and go for some more of those strikeout type of at-bats. And he did that a little bit yesterday with the three strikeouts and two innings. But, of course, the six base hits, the contact was still there yesterday. The contact didn't quite go his direction, and it all kind of piled up in the same innings. Wasn't able to get the double play ball that he was so – well known for in 2019 and so it didn't go as a good outing for Dakota but again exhibition game we'll end up seeing him in the third game of the season that'll be on Sunday against the Pirates and we'll see how he fares against Pittsburgh in a real game that'll be his first shot in the 2020 season and so that's the book on him from yesterday mentioned that Junior Fernandez had an outing another tough one for Junior Fernandez I think he's a guy that was certainly going to be pegged for this opening day roster when you consider they're going to be carrying 16 pitchers in the expanded 30-man roster. But yesterday was another struggle for him. Uh, Only got through two-thirds of an inning. Gave up one hit, only one run, but two walks. And left the game in the middle of the inning. That was one that they rolled over because in these exhibitions, when the pitchers get too many pitches per inning, they just go ahead and roll the inning and and switch to the bottom half of the inning. And in that case, uh, Fernandez left with runners on base. So in a real game situation, he would have still had to to deal with some of that and, and continue to try to get out of that jam. But certainly with without able to get out of the inning, had several base runners that were allowed. And so uh, his previous outing was kind of similar to that, if I recall. And so we'll see if he ends up making the roster. And if he does, if he's able to kind of turn things around early in the season. Uh, another member of the bullpen, Ryan Helsley, pitched yesterday. Gave up a couple of hits in his one inning of work. Uh, he was, however, able to escape it and get out of the jam. So 
Uh, nice job by Helsley. He hasn't looked quite his sharpest, I would say, in this summer camp so far. You know, has, has kind of been working through some things and getting his feel back. But uh, I think he's a guy that as the season progresses, what you're hoping to see from Helsley is him to get better as he goes. And that's a phrase Mike Schilt used a lot, uses a lot within the context of a single game, talking about what he wants to see from his starters. But I think it fits for what you want to see from Helsley throughout the season because he's still a young guy, still kind of getting used to uh, what his role might be in that Cardinals bullpen. And, of course, Kwon Young Kim, we talked about yesterday, named the Cardinals closer. And I'm going to probably touch on that a little bit in today's episode before we get out of here. Uh, i got to get down to the ballpark, so I'm not going to be able to do a super long episode today. But uh, with regard to Helsley, you look in that back of the bullpen, certainly somewhere that, that he's capable of ascending toward uh, with a potential eighth inning role or being a closing-type pitcher in the future. I know a lot of people talking about fantasy baseball were wondering maybe Helsley would be a guy that would take hold of that job in, in spring and summer camp. Didn't really happen for him, and so I think you'll look early on for him to be in, in some kind of situations similar to what he had been last season. Um, even as we got into the postseason, he was a little bit more in that seventh, eighth inning kind of role. Certainly, I think that's a possibility for him. Uh, but, you know, you want to you want to see him start to miss bats. He didn't get any strikeouts yesterday in that inning and they were kind of hitting him around a little bit with a couple of base hits. And so we'll see what Helsley's role ends up being. You know, you don't necessarily have as many guys competing for those high leverage spots right now as you thought you would. You thought you'd kind of have Giovanni Gallegos locked into one of those spots. We'll wait and see. Mike Schultz didn't describe yesterday that he's a guarantee for the roster, but he said, you know, that it's 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 not impossible. It's definitely a possibility that he'll be on the opening day roster, said he might not be ready to actually pitch opening day in the case of Gallegos, who uh, missed a, a significant chunk of this summer camp, but that they could potentially put him on the roster and you could see him ready for one of those early games of the season. He, you know, the Cardinals do have a couple of off days in that first week, and so those are certainly days uh, on which pitchers who are maybe not quite up to speed yet could potentially get a little closer by throwing some side sessions and bullpen sessions and things of that nature in between games to get sharp and ready to go. So I think they're going to try to get Gallegos on that roster. We'll know potentially by Wednesday afternoon, evening, after the Cardinals exhibition with Kansas City is over, uh, possibility to talk to John Moselock and get some of that information clarified. Of course, after the Cardinals have told players and stuff where they're, where they're heading, if they're staying with the club in St. Louis or if they'll be going to the satellite camp in Springfield. So we'll know late Wednesday, if not early Thursday, uh, that's when the rosters are due uh, to Major League Baseball. And so after the Cardinals formally submitted, I'm sure they'll they'll have a release on what their roster looks like. But considering that out of that bullpen, you're not going to see Alex Reyes right away. You know, he's probably a guy who's going to end up going to Springfield to get a little bit of a tune-up. And then when they, they have a need or when he's, you know, when they think he's ready and there's there's a reason to go bring him up, they'll do so. Uh, and you're obviously not going to have Jordan Hicks. So there's definitely opportunity for others to grab hold of spots in the bullpen and I kind of forgot about John Brebbia as well a guy that would have certainly been penciled in for a significant role in that Cardinals bullpen he's got Tommy John so he'll be out for the duration of the 2020 season and probably for a decent chunk of next year as well and so I think it's fair when you look at the bullpen to say there's maybe a little bit of a concern about who's going to grab hold of some of these roles because Helsley has looked okay but not as best maybe Fernandez has not looked very good as of as of late and those are two of the kind of high-powered arms that you were hoping could maybe fill the spots of some of the guys that are are not quite ready to go, like Gallegos, like a Hicks, who you won't have, like a Reyes, who you don't have yet. 
And so some of those names have not necessarily grabbed hold of those spots as of yet. You know, John Gant's a guy who's looked pretty solid, but if you remember last year, early in the season, Gant was like their best reliever, and then he was really, he just had trouble getting out, it seemed like the last three months of the season in 2019. So I think he's a guy, though, that coming into the season, Schilt is going to have some trust in, and so you're going to see him with some opportunities in some seventh innings and some eighth innings, I would imagine. And from there, you know, and it's going to be Kwon Young Kim for the ninth. That's definitely an interesting situation. The more I think about it, you know, I, I, I think I said he'll excel in any role that he gets. And I do believe that he can excel in any role that he pitches in because I believe Kim is talented. I think he's got an advantage when you consider the deceptive nature of his delivery, the, the variance in his pitch arsenal, and the fact that nobody in Major League Baseball has seen any of it yet except for his Cardinals teammates. And so I think there's some serious benefit to that. And thinking about this yesterday, you know, Mike Schultz said it would be Miles Michaelis for probably five innings and then Carlos Martinez for four against the Royals on Wednesday, uh, but with the possibility that Kim would get some work in in the game. And the more I think about that, the more I think about the fact that they're playing the Royals today and they are going to see the Royals six times this season, I don't think there's any way I would throw Kim against the Royals today. Why would I give them the chance to to see him pitch when, when I don't need to, when I can make it a surprise the first time that he does come in to close a game against them later in the season? Uh, thinking about that aspect of it, you know, yesterday I was thinking, man, it would be nice to get to see him in action, you know, without – he'll throw today regardless, right? It'll be either in the game or – in a side session behind closed doors where no, you know, he gets his work in, but nobody really sees what, what he's doing. And it won't be exactly a game like situation. And at first yesterday, I thought, I don't know if I like that. I think you'd want to, you know, he's, he's a guy who talked about it. He's regimented as a starter. He's got all these superstitions where he doesn't eat meat the day before a game. He's got very meticulous, you know, order of operations before the game, 30 minutes before he's doing his stretches. He's doing this, he's doing that down to the second of when he's ready to go out and pitch. And he said yesterday, that's all going to have to go out the window, obviously, as a as a reliever and a closing pitcher because he's not going to know exactly coming into a game whether or not he's going to be used that day and for how many innings, when exactly that's going to happen. Obviously, for a closer, you think the ninth inning, it's a pretty safe assumption, but sometimes that's not the case. And so definitely going to be an adjustment for Kim when he comes into that. And I'll try to play for you Mike Schilt when I asked him about what that adjustment looks like for a guy going from being a career starter as Kim has pretty much been to being thrust into that closer role. And so I said, I think he's going to succeed in that role. But the more I think about it, the more I do think it's potential. There is some potential for there to be kind of an adjustment period for Kim going to a different role, something he's not very familiar with. And when he was asked about it yesterday, he kind of you know, he was asked, what's your closing experience? And he kind of chuckled before giving the answer to the interpreter, Craig, who then translated it in English for all the media that was on the Zoom call. And, you know, he, he said he finished off a game or two in, in the KBO in some, some championship series, but that was more like a thing to allow him the honor of pitching the final out more so than the plan going into all these games was for him to act as a closer uh, for those games. And so, and, you know, it's a deal where, and I don't want to, I don't like to take a negative standpoint when there really is no reason yet to, to have a negative view of the situation. So I think on the whole, I'm positive about, about Kim having the opportunity to be the closer. I do wonder what happens if a starter gets hurt in that first week or two. 
and you're like, yeah, I know we named Kim the closer. Do we think he's the next best starter on this team? I think he is, and that's not with any you know, slight meant against Ponce de Leon or Gomber, who, if you've listened to me speak since February on this show, I've spoken very highly of both of them. Ponce and Gomber, ever since the beginning of spring, have done an excellent job. But I think when you consider that, I don't even know if Kim allowed an earned run in, in Grapefruit League or here in summer camp. He didn't when I was in, when I was present. He didn't in spring. I know that for sure. And he might have had an outing that I missed where he gave up a run here because I didn't attend every single you know simulated game and, and inter squad game. But he looked really really good. Kim did, and I would be tempted to say let's reverse course. Maybe you're a week in and you lose a guy, and now we're going to put Kim in the rotation, and we're going to say Gallegos looks like he's a little further along. We're comfortable having him back as the closer. All's well that ends well. That's how you can kind of backfill for an injury. But if you've named a guy a closer, I just feel like it's less likely that you're going to put him into situations where he's staying built up with multi-inning outings. He's probably reserved for the ninth, and that's going to be the, the end of it. And so he might not be able to transition back as easily. And so if you're putting all your eggs for Kim in this closer basket, you really better hope that it works out. And while I do think there is is some some reason for optimism based on him just being a really good pitcher, in my opinion, there's also that fear of, I could see the way it does go poorly. And that and that's as I just mentioned, if somebody gets hurt and then you have to force somebody else out of a role that they were already in in the bullpen, Kim's got to stick as, as the closer because you're not going to remove him after one or two bad outings if, in, in fact, something like that takes place. And then you're kind of stuck with maybe wishing, oh, man, if I had known then what I know now, Kim would be in the rotation and we would have done something differently with closer. Even in that situation, I think the Cardinals pitching-wise – are going to be okay because, like I said, Ponce and Gomber, I think they're both really solid. They're going to have good seasons, and so you'll be okay if, if you have to backfill that way with the rotation. But kind of interesting, I think it's one of the more fascinating elements of the team coming into the season. Obviously, everybody waiting to see what the, the offense will do, and for good reason. But I think that the element of Kim as the closer, we knew somebody had to be the closer, but I think a lot of us just kind of assumed, here's what the Cardinals are going to do. They're kind of prepping us to say, hey, Carlos Martinez, he's going to be in the closer role because he's done it before, and because everybody else in the rotation has done so well, we're gonna we're, we're not going to upset the apple cart. But in reality, I think it might have been more upsetting to Carlos Martinez to say, "Look, here's what you told me I needed to do. Here's what I did. I've been an all-star starter in this league. How can I not have earned my spot back?" And I don't know that there was anything so, you know, tension-filled as that. I don't know that that's a conversation that took place. But I'm just imagining like. If I'm Carlos Martinez and I've consistently stated I wanted to be a starting pitcher again and I go out and do what I did, and that's the answer I played for you yesterday on the show from Mike Schilt, where at the end of it he kind of said, you know, at that point he does all this, you kind of have to put him back in the rotation. That's not to say that that's the argument that was made to Schilt, but, I mean, you, you do look at the body of work that Martinez put in, and I think it would not have been fair to him to leave him out of that role. And so that's not to say that it's fair to Kim, but there is something to be said for deference to to veterans I know Kim's older than Martinez but Martinez certainly has more equity built in with this team over the course of the last five six years however long he's been with them in the big leagues and so he's going to get that opportunity but when it comes to Kim there's definitely going to be a transition for what he'll experience this season with the Cardinals as as a closer compared to what he's done in past seasons in the KBO as a starting pitcher so I asked Mike Schilt 
about that transition and what that might look like for him. And here's what the Cardinals manager had to say yesterday. Um, well, I think he's got experience doing it. I think he's a professional. It doesn't take him long to get loose. I do think, to your question, that there's some things that I believe he's already reached out to some people that, um, you know, gives him a better understanding. <clears throat> he's an intentional guy. He wants to be successful for, you know, him and us. But <clears throat> I'm pretty sure he's going to take take other people's experiences and then use his own. And fact of the matter is, you know, he's going to go out and he's going to be able to get out there and compete. And he's just used to doing that. But I know he's had conversation with a few guys. And, um, you know, like like you mentioned earlier, you know, you mentioned Dakota. You go through our roster, um, you know, Gomber, Ponce, Dakota, Wayno, Carlos, you know, Alex Reyes is coming back. All these guys um, basically started in the bullpen for us and then worked their way to a starter. So, and they were mostly starters coming up through the system. I don't want to minimize the transition to be easy, um, but I do think he'll he'll adjust to it quickly and um, is doing everything he can to, to make sure he's got his head around it. And then he'll he'll find his way as he goes, but I think he'll grow in his own experience and others as well. And that was Mike Schilt on the transition for Kwon Yun Kim from starter to reliever. You heard at the beginning of that where he said, I think he's had experience doing it. And that's something that Mike Schultz repeated when when asked about the the transition over the last couple of days for Kim. And he really, I mean, does, I guess, have a little bit of experience doing it. But again, by Kim's own reaction yesterday, doesn't seem like it's something that he's, you know, by his own views on it, thinks he has a lot of experience doing. But at any rate, you heard Schilt go on to, to mention that, you know, all the names of the pitchers that have done the same or similar things for the Cardinals over the years, and a lot of those guys still in the Cardinals clubhouse. And so, uh, you know, I think the Cardinals, especially you talk about Adam Wainwright, a guy that closed out a World Series after after being a starter in the minor leagues and then has since returned as a starter for the duration of his career in the majors. And that's a guy that Kim is probably closer to on the Cardinals than anybody. Wainwright was his throwing partner during the, the coronavirus shutdown. And so those two obviously spent a lot of time together, and so that's a great resource for KK right off the bat to ask about. I think the one difference, though, is you talk about all these guys that have done it in the minor leagues as starters, made the transition to help the Cardinals out as rookies or in their first or second year as relievers, many of them then transitioning or working to transition back to a starting role. I think the difference is just the longevity that Kim has had at the high, you know, a high level as a starter. I know the KBO is probably comparable, people say, to about AAA level when you compare it to baseball in the United States. And so definitely maybe comparable. But when you've gotten into such a routine and you're in your, you know, he turns 32 years old today, actually. It's KK's birthday. And so when you're you're that far into a, a baseball career, I think perhaps the transition could be a little more difficult. But as a professional, the way KK is, and I, again, I, I can't speak highly enough about what I've seen just about his arm talent and his ability to make pitches. And so I think there's every reason that he's going to succeed in the role. Um, but I just, I did, I don't want to paint it all sunshine. And, and then when we come back and say something does, doesn't go well to say, well, I anticipated this when I really, I, I didn't, if I don't kind of talk about both sides of the issue and say, well, here's kind of where I see it. Yes. I think he's going to do a fine job, but if it does kind of go South a little bit or has some bumps in the road, I think what I've articulated today is kind of how that could go. But I'm excited to see him pitch. I really am. I think it's going to be difficult for opponents to see him and and understand what he's bringing to the table. And, and I think it could be an advantage that 
if you're seeing him twice in a series, perhaps, maybe you see him game one and game three if the Cardinals have leads in both of those games, and it's against a team that the Cardinals haven't faced at all yet, you might not even get the same batters that face him. So it could be pretty late in the season, potentially, before you get too many guys on a given team that have seen KK multiple times within within the year. So a lot of guys will be taking their first at-bats against him. Uh, and, and, you know, if he's a starter, you're obviously going to have everybody in the lineup get to bat a couple of times at least against him within one game. Now that'll be a little bit different, and I think that could be an advantage for the Cardinals. So I'm, he's one of the one of the guys I'm probably most excited to see uh, as we get this season underway. And I can talk a little bit more about the other guys I'm excited to see as we go along. But certainly on a on a, on a pitching perspective and in that new role, I think it'll be very good to see him. I hope we don't see him today though, because I think the more I think about it, let's just say hey. Don't let the Royals get a look at him. Let him see him, you know, in, in, in a couple of weeks or whenever they play him for the first time, so that they can be a little bit more surprised. You can kind of keep that deception to yourself for for right now. That's kind of the way I see it. But I'm going to wrap up this episode for today because I got to get ready to get going down to the ballpark. Bush Stadium media availability starts at 11, and so we'll have some pregame interviews and things like that that we can share some information. So keep it locked on social media, and you'll be able to see what's going on. I would love to have you guys subscribe to the show, the B-Shape Daily Podcast. You can do so at Spotify. You can do so at Apple Podcasts. Lots of places to find us. Google Podcasts as well. I always tweet out the links as well. And so if you're not following on Twitter, it's at B-Shafer12. Would love to have you along for the ride. Same can be said of Facebook.com slash B-Shafer12. I'm on Instagram too, but I don't really use that as much. I got to get into the better habit of doing that. But that's where we're at. Uh, You can find yesterday's episode as well. It's the first one that we did on Tuesday Um, kind of revamping for the first time since April. Now that baseball looks like it's officially going to be back, we're back in the saddle. And so we'll be back again tomorrow on Thursday, recapping the Cardinals game against Kansas City. And of course, looking ahead to Friday as the Cardinals get the season started against the Pirates. So thank you once again for joining me, and we will talk to you tomorrow.